Uh, it's Goblin Sentiment here. So um got a bunch of call-ins about my DVD review show. And uh, for once, I'm going to attempt to be a diligent anchor writer and make sure I publish them <laughs> pronto rather than sitting on them forever or, or responding um, to people directly. Um, and, you know, kudos to all you people out there, anchorites, who actually um, do a professional job, pseudo-professional job with editing and, and producing a nice, clear, um, well-thought-out podcast, because a lot of work. We've been doing some actual plays, and, and trying to put those together has been um, quite a lot of work. So let's, let's get into the call. So thanks, one and all. I would say that, again, I'm reviewing DVDs from the late 70s and, uh, and mid to early 80s, late 80s even. Um, so if you're worried about spoilers, then uh, you've had plenty of time to watch these shows, but uh, films. But even so, if you hear the, the name of the film and you, you don't want any spoilers because maybe you want to rewatch them or something, then probably tune away now. Hey, Daniel from Bandits Keep, uh, listening to your DVD reviews. So, uh, Logan's Run, I often list as my favorite movie, so that's exciting that you did it. Yeah, it is a little bit weird, and people bring up that, whole oh, they're all going to die. Mm, yeah. So I did eventually read the book, and the book is very different. So I don't want to spoil the book, but if you are, if you like the idea uh, of it, I would definitely recommend reading the book. It's pretty short. Um, I will say that in the book, so a couple changes that, that I think make a difference to your question at the end. In the book, they self-terminate at 21, so that's quite young, and... Um, yeah, and I think people still have to work anyways, so it's not exactly like the movie, but in any case, Logan's Run is one of my favorite movies, and I think the idea there is that humans will want to grow and learn and provide for themselves and not just be caged animals, and that's why they broke loose at the end. At least that's that's what I, what I take from it. Hi, Daniel. Yeah, thanks very much for your message. Um, some interesting points there. I'm glad it's your favorite film. Um one thing I think I should say from the get-go is I've, I've realized that um, in some ways I've been a bit harsh on these movies because the reason I'm watching them again is because they left a pretty strong impression with me from way back when. And I suppose all of them to some degree are suffering from uh, expectation, um, you know, the expectation of, of the memory. So, I'm, you know, it's like anything. If someone says, is it the greatest movie ever? You've got to watch this greatest movie ever. And you go, think, oh, that's all right. But if someone said it's a bit of a dud, and you go in there with a much lower expectation, you think, wow, that was all right. So I think all these films are actually probably a little bit better than I've given them credit for. Um, so, yes, I think you're right. I, and, I, and I really did like Logan's Run. Um, I think it's the it's a Peter Ustinoff bit. I think it just goes on too long. I guess like he's the old guy, and they've never seen an old guy. Like, ooh, old guy, what's this? And he's kind of a bit zany and a bit quirky and all this kind of stuff. So it just went on too long. And it was, you know, the the ice robot was quite an interesting thing. You know, and actually, I thought what's interesting. Um, I need to check the dates on this. Let me just see this. Oh, God, I should do this run live. Let me pause this thing while I stop. Yeah, sorry, I'm back. Um, yeah, what, what I, what I, one thing I did check when I watched Logan's Run was I, I noticed that the, the sci-fi effects, like the model city, weren't that hot. I just like compared like the dates, for example, of Logan's Run, which is June '76, versus Star Wars December '77. Not a lot of time in the, the difference in you know time gap, but I think the special effects in um, Star Wars are you know 
exponentially better. So I thought, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. But yeah, the book is interesting. I, I wonder if there's an audio book of that. I'm a bit these days. I quite prefer audio books, but um, um, yeah, and the fact that it did actually have to work apparently in Logan's Run uh, makes it more. You know, makes my dilemma different. Although I think the dilemma is still an interesting one. Whether you prefer to like have a life of bliss <laughs> up to a certain point and then have it and uh, all working but um yes this caged animal thing whether we would always strive to be free rather than um caged that's an interesting interesting question uh, i might have to might have to might have to look up that but yeah i think you know logan's run definitely liked it i think that sequence in the middle right near in the, in the end when they find the old dude is just just too jarring for me and he, i think he's just meant to be too kind of cute and uh, an old codger and da, 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 da. but yes um thanks for your message cheers oh yes daniel if i if i'm to offer one short book that you could read in reply i would say uh, ender's game um hopefully you've not seen the film but uh for me that's a great little story Cheers. And yes, um, of course, assuming you've not read it before, so it's a bit presumptuous of me to assume you haven't, but if you haven't, I, I think it's a good one. Awesome Scott Card is the author. Cheers. Hey, Jason here. So, copyright and ET. Yep, yeah, yeah, I haven't, it's been a while since I've ET. One interesting thing about ET is it's all filmed from the kids' points of view. So when you're looking at the adults, it's all filmed from that, like, three-foot-high point of view. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But as far as the copyright goes, yeah, you see that, like, in Poltergeist and all those old movies. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. You mentioned the Superman shirt. That makes me think of, of course, Lucio Fulci's Zombie, where one of the main characters wears, I think, a Daily Planet shirt, you know, throughout the movie. But... Yeah, there's old movies like, say, Poltergeist. There's tons of IP stuff in it. Star Wars and all that stuff in there, too. So, Or think of um, Maximum Overdrive, Stephen King movie, where they have the Green Goblin from Spider-Man, the Green Goblin face on fr the front of the tractor trailer. It's running people down, right? Hi, Jason. Thanks for your message. Uh, yeah, the kids' the kids' point of view, that's a good point. I mean, especially when, you know, the ominous flashlight guy, he's always viewed from, you know, the kids slash ETs viewpoint um actually there's a pretty serious like uh, kind of f-bomb kind of word that gets dropped right near the right near the beginning of that which i was a bit surprised it was in that film but um you know i'll admit but you know even though i, I, I dissed the film quite heavily I, again wondering about this expectation lag in it you know sort of you know because i will say you know as a as a quite a young kid when i thought et perished um i think some dust must have got in my eye at that point because i was i was uh my eyes began to water for some inexplicable reason. So, you know, it was obviously moving enough at the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, the point, kid point of view, the only, <laughs> the only thing I did, would notice is that during the, yeah, during the BMX sequence where the kids are riding, they, they seem to get distinctly larger. Um, you know, it's quite clear that the kids ride the bikes and are no longer kids when they're doing the stunts. But again, I'm, I'm being a bit of a, um, bit of a, a tonk there but yeah back to the ip I mean, it's interesting i think it's become such a thing about not mixing your ip up anymore that 
you know, you've even started getting these memes, don't you? Memes where you, you know, you've got a Jean-Luc Picard on a Death Star with a Doctor Who scarf with a, you know, some other sci-fi element saying, you know, uh, some with a speech bubble coming out saying a, a line from another movie because, you know, it's almost so acknowledged now that you don't mix your IP up that that's funny. All right. Cheers, Jason. Thanks. Bye. I will comment on every one of the movies, but uh, I have seen all of them. Um, I will comment on Dune, though, because I think that what you described it is exactly my feeling. When I watched it as a kid, I knew I really liked it, but I had no idea what was going on. And then I watched it maybe a year or so ago, and I still liked it. So, yeah, Dune, pretty good. Hi, Daniel. Thanks Thanks for that message about Dune. Um, yeah, don't worry. If you want to comment on any of the others, feel free. Um, but uh, I think I think we're I think we're in alignment on this one. Both like June. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, there's just so many iconic scenes in that film that I really remember. It's quite funny. I remember the scenes, but not really the movie. I guess that's probably how these things work. I remember the, the hoverfly kind of assassination drone, which is like a needle on a, on a floating needle. It's trying injection that's trying to assassinate him. Uh, the bit where. The, the spice buggy, the, the crew from the, the crew from the spice mining operation, are, uh, you know, saved. The bit where the Har Harkonnen is that it? The, I mean, there, whoever plays the, the chief bad guy, Harkonnen is pretty grubby. When he pulls pulls someone's heart plug, that's pretty grotesque. In fact, almost more grotesque. See more grotesque now that I watched it. And um, Sting. Actually, when I watched this film a while back, I thought Sting did a really good job of acting. This time I was a little less sure he's, he's, I mean, I guess he's meant to be this really over-the-top kind of uh, almost just grotesquely enjoying all the all the awful parts of life, you know. So maybe maybe he did do a good job. I, don't, I, was, I, was, I remember being impressed when I saw it a while back, but this time I was thinking, was I so as impressed? But anyway, I still I actually think he did a pretty good job. All right. Okay. Thanks, Daniel. Cheers. Bye. Overall, I pretty much agree with your ratings, to be honest. Um, I think I would rate Conan higher. I think Conan really is the, you know, your prototypical sword and sorcery movie and the standard all go against. I mean, the, you know, the Basil, um, uh, I, I'm tired. I can't even pronounce his name right now. <laughs> anyway, the score gets, sorry, long day riding home from work. The, the score gets a, a goblin by itself, you know, lines in there like, you, you know, he he's a Sumerian, he does not cry, I will cry for him, you know, stuff like that, you know, that gets a line for itself, the, the pseudo-psychology, you know, steel is weak, flesh is strong, you, well, the whole riddle of steel in the beginning, the, no, Conan definitely is a, you know, four and a half, five star movie. Of course, to each his own, I'm not, you know, judging your your rating. I'm just saying, to me, Conan rates higher. Um. Hi, Jason. Well, thanks for your message on Conan. And, and you know what? You know, I think you're 100% right. I think with Conan, it's one of those films in my, in my mind that's you know, incredibly formative. I think I really, when I watched that for the first time, it really kind of blew me away. 
And I think I had really had that expectation gap where I was expecting to be, you know, wowed in the same way. But, you know, that's pretty difficult, isn't it? Uh, especially with all the things that have come and gone since. But you're right. I mean, there's some amazing, amazing lines. You know, the music's, you know, pretty incredible. The, op you know, the opening scene with the, with, you know, who's it? Uh, James Earl Jones. That's, that's incredible. The, the sequence with the, um, sequence with the, Pushing the wheel, <laughs> the bit where he where he finds the tomb. I mean, I mean, isn't is Swords and Wizardry? Is that is the cover on that? I can't have to look it up. One of the one of the sort of retro clones has that guy sitting on a tomb of the sword, which is almost, in my mind, lifted from that scene from from Conan. You know, the bit where he bites the vulture. I mean, that's a classic. Um, and you know, even the guy with the with the sort of anime hammer is hilarious. I mean, that's I mean, and brilliant. So I think you're right. I think. Uh, I'm being a bit harsh on Conan, and you know one one thing I will say, which to be even fairer about it, I didn't watch it quite in the right environment that I liked. A lot of these films is late at night, just me. But when I was watching Conan, there was a bit going on, and I had to stop it in the middle and restart it. So maybe I lost a bit of the flow. Um, but I think I think it's expectation gap. I think I think it's definitely a solid four four goblins. Um, you know, possibly even four and a half. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't wowed by it again. I suppose probably, um, you know, for whatever reason, it just didn't, didn't do it for me in the same way. But I think you're right. There's, there's a lot there that, um, in a way I took, I was taken for granted. Yeah, yeah, that, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I'm, I, I will. I think I need to revise Conan up to at least at least four goblins, possibly four and a half. I may even watch it again under better conditions. But uh, yep, thanks for thanks thanks for that uh, that message. But yeah, the sequences in there are are pretty good. And there's actually a lot going on. There's so many different scenes and transitions. You know, he's he's, he's captured. He's, he's he's the only kid left pushing the wheel, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The Flash Gordon definitely amazing movie. You know, it really captured the camp and it embraced what it was. And I appreciate movies that embrace the camp. Now, it, I mean, it makes me think of like the um, the reanimator movies, right? And and these are kind of gore exploitation. They're well, I say exploitation, but it's gore flicks, special effects flicks. You know, special reanimator and bride of reanimator. Um, if you don't like gore and stuff, you shouldn't watch these. But, but those movies you watch those, or you know, and like the Beyond, you know, with the same characters effectively. I mean, they're a different character. Anyway, point being, those movies know their camp and they embrace the camp, and, and that's great. And that's what Flash Gordon does, and it's awesome because of it. Hi, Jason. Thanks for your Flash Gordon message. Um... Yeah, I know what you mean about the camp. I think it's basically, everything's dull to the max. There's nothing held back. And I think that's what's fun about it. Um, so, yeah, the costumes are to the max, the energy's to the max. And yeah, it's, it's a great film. Um, yeah, not so much into the gore, but I take your point. Um, I think uh, one, of, one of the memories I have about Flash Gordon was uh, watching it once at uh, university. That's my first year at university. And uh, about halfway through the film, there was a couple of guys who were in my halls of residence. We used to call them the Maths Twins. I guess in America you would call them the Math Twins. They were a pair of, well, a set of identical twins that were 
super nerdy and super into their mathematics. Anyway, about a certain point of the film, they both came wandering in, sat down, and it was a point where Zarkov goes, oh, I thought it was one of the prime numbers of the Zeman series. They then slapped each other on the backs, had a great hoot, and walked out again. <laughs> so uh, later on, I, I went, up, went up to them and asked them about this, and they, they said that, uh, you know, that, I think they said this, this problem had never been solved or something, and that's why they found it so funny. Um, although I just was Googling and I couldn't find any sign of it, so maybe they were laughing that it was a non-existent series that couldn't be solved. But either way, you know, it left a <laughs> memory with me. Um, okay, well, I'm going to put this out before I get any more messages, and that way I can uh, make sure that I've uh, cleaned, my, clean, cleaned the slate, as it were. Well, that makes me sound a little ungrateful, as if I'm uh, housekeeping. I'm not. I um, appreciate the messages, and um, if anyone else wants to... Uh, call in about it. Sure. Um, I'm actually quite surprised by the number of messages. I thought uh, this one would seem like a lead balloon, which you know, is fine. It's I said, a little bit on the self-indulgent side. But uh, okay, well, thanks, Jason. And thanks, Daniel, uh, for your messages. Um, okay, signing out. Cheers. Bye.